Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, Buglers. Welcome to Top Stories. Do you remember Afghanistan? Well, this show does, and in 2008, John Oliver and I, Andy Zaltzman, made the latest events there, our top story. Top story this week, Afghanistan. NATO defence ministers moved quickly this week to dismiss talk of a crisis over the operations in Afghanistan. They were at pains to admit that life in Afghanistan is still vastly better than when under Taliban control, but... Let's be fair, it's still partly under Taliban control, and anyway, it could scarcely have gotten worse. When you essentially live on a scorched rock under a brutally repressive regime, and you merely remove the brutal part, you still live under a repressive regime, and you still live on a scorched rock, whose major export is the opium poppy. Home sweet home. (laughs) Well, it does turn out, according to uh, NATO, that Afghanistan is fine. Uh, the the rumours that it's been going even more tits up than everyone thought have turned out to be lies. And this uh, emerged on the the week that David Miliband and Condoleezza Rice went to Kabul on a kind of political, dirty weekend. Apparently they're frustrated at their inability to galvanise their supposed allies to throw more troops at the problem, and the Afghanistani warlocks are exerting an increasingly tight grip around the spluttering jugular of an already out-of-breath nation. It seems that it's hard to rebuild a place that was never really built in the first place. And in 2001, world leaders assured Afghanistan that we would be with them for the long run. Uh, What we didn't realise was quite how long that run would be, or indeed that it ran straight off a cliff. Uh, Robert Gates said he thought there was no risk of failure, but in many ways that's true because you can't fail at something if you don't know what success is. What is success in Afghanistan? No one really knows. Therefore, Afghanistan is approaching an almost zen state of chaos. There can be neither success or failure. Afghanistan just is. There may be a lesson for Iraq in this new violent offshoot of Buddhism. But I'm not sure that anyone could really have predicted that this Afghanistan war would prove so difficult. I guess there were uh, some clues that suggested it it might be trickier than everyone expected, uh, including A... 
the first Anglo-Afghan war from 1839 to 1842, reviewed by the critics at the time as an unmitigated disaster. Uh, the British retreat of 1842 began with 16,000 people. One man made it, and he had part of his head missing. Clue B, the Sovio-Afghan War from 1979 to 89, which so debilitated the mighty Moscow machine that communism collapsed, exhausted at the end of it, and said, no more, I just want the pain to stop. Or C, any other wars in the history of Afghanistan. Apart from those clues, there was nothing to say it was going to be difficult. It looks easy on a map. <laughs> it does, but then that map is sketchy at best. You do have to assume that the map doesn't have any pictures of mountains on it as well. <laughs> There is real suspicion of the British in Afghanistan for many valid reasons which go back hundreds sure. of years. In fact, some Afghan parents reportedly tell their children to be good or the British will get you. As if we're now the equivalent of the bogeyman. <laughs> which, historically, of course, we probably are. Their current suspicion is over a $150,000 camp which we've set up to teach insurgents about human rights and the Afghan constitution. It's a rival camp to terrorist camps. And maybe this is where the real battleground lies now. Who has the best camp? <laughs> We've seen from their videos that they have those swinging monkey bars and scramble nets, so maybe we should get a seesaw, a slide and a ping-pong table. Maybe a campfire to toast marshmallows on. That's always fun. The British know how to organise a good camp, Andy. We can do it here. It's interesting, see, that Afghanistan produces 90% of the world's opium. Uh, a record crop is due this year. Opium fans are now hoping that opium can retake its position as the opiate of the masses for the first time since 1844 when it was overtaken by religion, according to then-opiate referee Karl Marx. It's, uh, opium fans is a far nicer way of saying heroin addict, isn't it? He's a, he's a real, he's a die-hard opium fan. Before it was fashionable. Stuffing everything <laughs> wrapped round his arm. Needlessly tightly. But more than half of <laughs> Afghanistan's GDP comes from drugs. Uh, this is a timely reminder, this story, that the Coalition of the Willing, or um, the Coalition of the Willing, Coerced and Misguided, to give us our full title, we're not just about Iraq. Yes, we caused a mess there, but uh, we've caused messes all around the world which we're receiving little or no credit <laughs> for. And there has been some finger-pointing from NATO nations, such as the US and Britain, at other NATO nations who've arguably not been doing much to help militarily over there, namely... You've guessed it. France, Italy, <laughs> Spain and Germany. And the German Defence Ministry spokesman made a strange comment saying, I think people in Britain should be aware that we lost two world wars and we have a different attitude to the question of soldiers, wars and blood. <laughs> it's yeah. a really strange thing to say. <laughs> too little, I mean, too late. Yeah, <laughs> well, not only is that true, but also, let's not compete over who lost the most lives in those two continental meltdowns. <laughs> it's not a competition. Well, it was... <laughs> and what a competition it was. But in many ways, the big loser in the first half of the 20th century was humanity. But Robert Gates, the US Defence Secretary, in between uh, cheering defence, defence, defence at the US <laughs> infantry in faraway Iraq in an effort to improve military morale, uh, he promised to nag his NATO allies in an effort to get them to pledge <laughs> more troops. So America's kind of like a domineering wife. Um, that it's always wanted to be. It's quite interesting terminology. I think Rumsfeld actually still thinks of the Iraq War as a high-tech and explosive form of nagging. But the problem is, what does <laughs> nagging generally cause? Resentment. Take that from me, John. That's why my bedroom's untidy. And that's no, why my tax returns on my desk. <laughs> is that still true? <laughs> it is sadly still true. <laughs> oh, that was issue 16 of The Bugle. Do catch the full episode in our pod feed now. If you want to support us, we have a massive sale on our merch. Get stuck in at thebuglepodcast.com.
Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.